0: What's going on everybody? This is Gabriel Menchaca and we're continuing on our series Image or Imago Day. One of the things I want to focus in on this week is specifically what Jesus was doing in addressing the image on the coin. So we pick up And we read again from Matthew 22, verses 15 through 22. And it says this in the ESV, Then the Pharisees went and plotted how to entangle him in his words, and they sent their disciples to him, along with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are true and teach the way of God truthfully, and you do not care about anyone's opinion, for you are not swayed by appearances. Tell us, then, what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, said, Why put me to the test, you hypocrites? show me the coin for the tax and they brought him a denarius and Jesus said to them whose likeness and inscription is this? and they said Caesar's. Then he said to them therefore render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. When they heard it they marveled and they left him and went away. Jesus talked about the image on the coin. In doing this he was addressing the politics behind the taxes. Jesus was well aware of the motive being asked to pay taxes. So as I mentioned uh, last week, I wanted to talk about how taxes were usually the movement or the not paying of taxes that caused revolutions. So paying a tax or not paying a tax was a big deal. Not paying the tax was a big deal. Not paying the tax was significant to the start of a revolution. It was a politically motivated position that the Pharisees were trying to trap Jesus in. The context of this particular situation is important. So context is always important when it comes to scripture, but this one in specific I want to pay attention to, especially on the subject of image. The basis for the confrontation from the Pharisees was much more than addressing the position Jesus held on paying taxes. It was bigger than Jesus, do you want to pay the taxes or do you not pay the taxes? It was a much bigger question. If I can give you some context, and this is taken from uh, an internet post, basically saying this, the Herodians favored submitting to the Herod's and therefore to Rome for political expediency. This support of Herod compromised Jewish independence in the minds of the Pharisees, making it difficult for the Herodians and the Pharisees to unite and agree on anything. But one thing did unite them, opposing jesus herod himself wanted jesus dead the reference to that is found in luke 13 31 and the pharisees had already hatched plots against him john eleven fifty-three. 53. so they joined efforts to achieve their common goal so the pharisees and the herodians disagreed on a lot of issues They did not see eye to eye, they even in the the normalcy of life and everyday things, they did not agree. However, what they did agree on and what unified them was they wanted to get rid of Jesus. It was almost along the lines of the the famous saying, uh, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. So their common goal was to get rid of Jesus. And it's providing us some context here to understand what was actually going on when the Pharisees went to Jesus and asked him about paying the tax. If he should say it was not lawful, if he should say we should not pay the tax, the Herodians were ready to accuse him as being an enemy of Caesar, a very treasonous act. Uh, Basically saying, I'm not in agreement with the governing authority. If he said it was lawful, like if it's something we should do, the Pharisees were ready to accuse him uh, as being an enemy of their rights and, and basically a rebel to the Mosaic law. If Jesus affirms Roman taxation, he would be defying Mosaic law. If he rejects it, he will face charges of treason. So these are very serious allegations. He's literally between a rock and a hard place. If he affirms it, he would be defying the very law that God himself wrote and it was given to Moses and Moses uh, basically implemented that law into the people and the Pharisees and, and basically the ones in charge upheld that law. So if Jesus were to affirm Roman taxation, he would be going against that law. If he were to reject it, He would be facing treason because he would be going against the governing authority. And so they literally could come and arrest him on one end or they could basically try to stone him for disobeying Mosaic law on the other end. So he was literally between a rock and a hard place. Now Judaism in in this historical context was both unified and divided. All Jews believed and practiced some core aspects of Judaism. So what we, we know that they, they agreed on certain things, uh, but different groups disagreed with each other about many details, uh, one of them being the expectations of the Messiah, the ritual impurity laws, how to live under foreign domination. These were things they disagreed on. And we have to dig in a bit further to really establish the worldview and, and the way of thinking at the time. So, again, like I'm trying to point out how big of a question this was. It was one question, but it was one question asked very publicly. And this public response would bring about a reaction from those that heard it. And so, it was a very developed question. They intentionally and specifically developed this question because they knew that Jesus must answer this question. He couldn't be silent on it. Deuteronomy 17:15 says this. You shall surely set a king over you whom the Lord your God chooses, one from among your brethren. You shall set as king over you. You may not set a foreigner over you who is not your brother. So scripture, Mosaic law dictated that you may not set a foreigner over you who is not your brother. And here we have a situation where you have a foreigner, a Roman over the people governing them. And John Gill, in his exposition of the scripture, he says, Jews who scrupled subjection to the heathen magistrates, because they were the seed of Abraham, and by a law were not to set one as king over them. That was a stranger and not their own brother and very unwillingly bore the Roman yoke and paid tribute to Caesar. So the laws set in place by Moses had the most weight they, they were the ones that dictated and, and uh, they controlled society. The Pharisees, Sadducees, Herodians, lawyers, and scribes all used the, most, the law of Moses to enforce their power over the people. The Jewish people were not to have a king over them that was a foreigner. Caesar was a foreigner, a Roman. If Jesus accepted the position to pay taxes, he essentially opposed Mosaic law. And not only was the goal to trap Jesus, but if Jesus was to talk about paying the tax, there was something that was written on the coin itself. Because when you paid this tax, it was a tribute to Caesar. It was not necessarily taxes as we see them it was a tribute because you valued his rule and you, you basically loved that you had someone uh, ruling over you to protect you and guide you and lead you. And so paying tribute, basically, the coin said this, Caesar Augustus Tiberius, son of the divine Augustus, claiming that Augustus was a god. So essentially, they could have also pointed, oh, Jesus, you want to actually pay the taxes you want to pay tribute to Caesar meaning you agree that he's a God so there was a whole political and religious intentional motive behind this they were trying to trap Jesus they were trying to put Jesus in a position that made him have to answer and they assumed he would only give one of the two answers. So the cultural context was that an empire had taken over uh, the Roman Empire and they forced the people to pay a tax that the people didn't agree with to a ruler that they never asked for. And they did not want one. and, And they didn't like him. So here you have Jesus. He's set right in the middle of all of this civil discourse. Jesus is put right in the center of all of this chaos people are disagreeing with each other left and right family members friends yelling disagreeing I'm sure if they had Facebook they'd be commenting they'd be unfriending they'd be blocking it'd be the same a very similar it would be a very similar situation of chaos and you put Christ right in the center of that and and it's amazing to see how Jesus responds because what they were trying to do was they were trying to position Jesus be a figure and the people uh, they saw Jesus as a revolutionary figure they knew who they knew that something was there with Jesus they knew that he was uh, the spark of a revolution they desired him to be the one that they wanted the revolution they wanted Jesus was not defined by what the people wanted his image The one they tried to put on him was not the one that he was defined by. And so most revolutions, they started by not paying taxes in protest and and claiming it's right as a separate entity to the ruler. They were basically to not pay a tax was to suggest this. You, the ruler, rule yourself. We are not part of your rule. So this was a big situation. It was motivated by the politics of the day. It was motivated by those who were desiring and seeking Jesus to pick a side. Whose side are you on, Jesus? Because if you pick that side, they're going to go after you. If you pick this side, we're going to go after you. And, And the reality was that they were trying to put something on Jesus. And the goal was to trap Jesus. They were focusing on causing some sort of conflict. That would allow one of them to prosecute Jesus, to bring him into subjection, to basically prosecute with legal authority. The the image they wanted to put on Jesus was basically intentional. Image can be wielded as a weapon. Image can be forced on people. You can present an image of somebody else and use it as a weapon. Let me be very clear with you. The Pharisees loved to do that. They loved to do that and they even tried to do it to Jesus. They tried to present Jesus in a certain way, you know, Oh, well, he's all right. He's a nice guy, but you know, and and so on and so on. So image can be wielded as a weapon. When Jesus answered, he disarmed both sides. He gave them no ammunition. He gave them no room to stand. And, and they were they were amazed they marveled uh, in Matthew twenty two twenty two, ESV it says this when they heard it they marveled and they left him and went away because when Jesus responded he gave them an answer that they couldn't define within their parameters and this is the thing that I would like to really emphasize in what's going on in our modern day and age Civil discourse, disagreement, politics and religion, all these situations, all of these issues. You know, it's nothing new. It's nothing new. We will always have flawed government because we are flawed as humanity. And the only time we will have a perfect rule is when we have a perfect ruler. And that is only Jesus. And so if we read John 14, 1 through 6, it says this. Do not let your hearts be troubled. and the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me in chaos in those division in those conflicts in those moments when things are being separated friends families situations are being cut in half the only way is jesus because in this situation what they try to do is define jesus with an image they try to put an image he doesn't want to pay taxes he doesn't want to follow the Jewish way. Oh, he's going to pay taxes? He's saying that August is a God. The Caesar's a God. This is what Jesus is saying. If he's saying to pay taxes, they wanted to put an image on him. The world could not put an image on Jesus when he is already defined. The world cannot put an image on us when we already have definitions. When they say, if you pick this, if you pick that, if you say this, if you agree with this, if you don't agree with me, if you disagree with that statement, if you agree with that man, if you agree with that politician, you're this. Jesus clearly gave us an understanding. We are not identified by the way of the world. We are not defined by the image they put on us. We are defined by Christ himself. John 14, 6, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We have no other answers in chaos and in civil discourse other than pursuing Christ. Letting Christ define us. Letting what he did in in that chaotic situation He did not let the image that they desired to put on him become his definition. Christ is our definition. The image on us is defined by Christ.